0: Welcome to Mind Your Own Revisions, a podcast about mental health and burnout in academia for all academics around the world and at every level. I'm Özgün Ünver, a social scientist with a PhD. Having struggled with mental health issues throughout my academic career, it is now my mission to inspire other academics to lift the stigma around mental health. Let's recover together. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode nine of Mind Your Own Revisions, a podcast aiming to foster mental and emotional well-being in academia for academics at every level of seniority and all around the world. Today's episode is about how we can ask for help when we are going through a hard time mental health-wise. In a way, it's a it's the continuation of the previous episode where we discussed how we can help others around us who are in a mental health crisis. In the previous episode, I argued that we all need to learn about how we can help others when they are going through a rough patch, considering the increase in the number of people struggling with mental health issues, both in general and in academia. Nonetheless, it is equally important to learn how to ask for help when we need it. Many of us have an unconscious belief that we should be completely independent or self-sufficient. And for this reason we suffer needlessly for extended periods of time, because we are simply neither independent nor self-sufficient. We are interdependent to each other as a species. And even the fact that we need to go to the grocery store to buy food makes us not so self-sufficient anyway. Remember that we all have mental health, and mental health is a spectrum. Like I said in the previous episode, all of us at any given moment can be anywhere on the continuum of mental health ranging from excelling to in crisis. We need to accept that, both for ourselves and everyone else. Accepting this will make us more open to both asking and giving help, whenever the need arises. In my opinion, the greatest barrier to asking for help is the fear of vulnerability. As Brené Brown defines it, vulnerability is uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure, and that unstable feeling we get when we step out of our comfort zone when we cannot control the outcome. Asking for help is one of those actions that makes most of us feel very vulnerable, right? I think all of you who are listening right now will agree with me when I say we ask for help from the people we trust. But did you know that asking for help is one of the best ways to build trust? Earlier this year, I became Dare to Lead Trained, which is a leadership training program developed by Dr. Brené Brown. For those who don't know, Brené Brown is a renowned social work professor and the author of many best-selling books. She is known for two main topics of research, which are perfectionism and shame. I'd like to share some of the stuff that I learned about vulnerability in this training with you. In her work, Brown identifies six so-called myths with regard to vulnerability. The first one is, vulnerability is weakness. Couldn't be further from the truth. In fact, it's the opposite. Vulnerability is a sign of courage, because only brave people show up fully and let themselves be seen, even when they cannot control the outcome. Number two, I don't do vulnerability. Uh, well, nope, you do. Everybody is vulnerable at times. The only difference is that some of us choose to show our vulnerability consciously while others try to bury it, usually unsuccessfully. Number three, I can go it alone. Well, the whole human history shows otherwise. We are wired for connection and collaboration. This isn't true only for human beings, but also for animals, especially mammals. So no, doing it alone is a myth. Nobody makes it alone. As I said, self-sufficiency doesn't really exist. Number 4. You can be vulnerable without being uncomfortable. The feelings of vulnerability, uncertainty, and emotional exposure are meant to be uncomfortable, and there's nothing wrong with that. We are feeling uncomfortable because our wiring as humans urges us for connection in those moments. In other words, vulnerability feels uncomfortable, but it is also THE way out of discomfort. And by the way, it is important to use the correct language here. Certain emotions may be uncomfortable, but this doesn't mean that they're negative. There are no negative or positive emotions. Number five, trust comes before vulnerability. Apparently, not really. During one of our sessions regarding trust, I learned that most leaders say that their employees earn their trust when they ask for their help. Brown's research teaches us that trust and vulnerability go together and they need each other. In other words, don't wait to ask someone's help until you trust them. Show your vulnerability and then trust will build upon that. Number six. Vulnerability means sharing all the private details of your life with everyone. No, not necessarily. Oversharing is a question of boundaries, not vulnerability. Vulnerability is about showing up without armor and being present despite all the discomfort. We can achieve this without disclosure or oversharing. Okay, so now that we went over the six vulnerability myths that get in the way of asking for help, let's talk a bit about mental health and well-being. I'd like to discuss two different scenarios here. One is chronic and the other is acute. A chronic mental health situation is an ongoing one, as you may have imagined. Could be that you have a mental health condition that has been there for a long time and both you and some of the closest people to you are somehow aware of or accustomed to it. In such chronic conditions, you may experience some flare-ups from time to time. For example, let's say you have chronic depression and it is somehow under control, but you know that it is possible for it to get worse and you can recognize the signs if this happens. If in such chronic situations, first of all, I would urge you to notify some of the closest people to you about your condition and make a list of things to be done or people to be contacted if things get a bit worse. It is very, very, very important to have such a list in case you find yourself in a difficult mental health state. Because in such situations, our brains may not be able to think soundly, and our decision-making capacity may be impaired. This is why it is super important to be prepared. It is best that you make such a quote-unquote just-in-case plan on paper, but you can also make a mental plan while having a conversation with another person about this. The important thing is to include other people that you trust in your just-in-case plan. If it ever gets worse, you should know who to call. And second of all, notify your GP. If you have a chronic mental health condition going on, your general practitioner physician should know about it, even if this chronic condition is not affecting your day-to-day life. Thirdly, Obviously, you need mental health care from a mental health practitioner. Depending on your needs, this person may be a psychologist, a psychiatrist or another kind of therapist. The rules and practices may differ from one country to another, so when in doubt, consult your GP regarding available options. And obviously, if you are being followed by a psychiatrist or another mental health professional, it is of utmost importance that you keep them up to date with what is going on with your mental health. Now let's talk about the acute situations where something unexpected happens. This could be an anxiety attack, a panic attack, or some sort of nervous breakdown or meltdown. Let's say that it's an acute situation where you are flabbergasted, like you go, oh my god, now what is happening? This kind of situation can occur regardless of whether you have an ongoing chronic mental health condition or not. If you have such a chronic condition, an acute situation could be a sudden, unexpected flare-up. If you don't have a chronic mental health condition, a sudden mental health crisis might also arise. We never know what our capacity is until we reach the limits of it. In such acute crisis situations, we may get too scared and confused, and we may not know what to do. The most important advice I can give you is this, find another human being to connect. If you're alone at home or outside, or if you're among strangers, and I'm assuming that you're conscious and able to make a phone call, call somebody that you love and trust. You may not know what to say or do. It's okay. Just call someone and try to connect with them. I'm assuming that you'd have a close relationship with whomever you're calling and that person would take the time to stay with you, even if it is on the phone. And the reason for uh, connecting with another human being is that When you're in such a situation where you're very much afraid, surprised and confused, you need the help of someone who's able to think clearly. Another reason is that connecting with another person activates the part of our nervous system linked to social engagement. When social engagement is activated, there is less room for the bad and scary stuff to take over. So you have both psychological and physiological reasons to call someone that you trust. The so-called just-in-case plan I was talking about comes in handy at this point. If you don't have such a plan, there's a chance that you'll get too confused and won't know who to call. Assuming that you're listening to this in a moment where you're not in an acute mental health crisis, take a few seconds, right now, to make a mental list of people to call. Now that you made your mental list, I go on. The second step is calling your doctor or mental health provider or a mental health emergency hotline. This will be your first step if you see fit or if you don't have anyone else to call or you're just not in a position to talk to anyone else. Speak to anyone who is trained in mental health, even if they're not mental health practitioners. The aim is to find someone you can trust in the middle of the distressing experience who can stay with you and help you get to the other side. Depending on the severity of the situation, you may need urgent medical help. And when in doubt, do so If you're really not sure, make sure you consult with someone who can advise you accordingly. Err on the side of asking and connecting. But the most important thing is, in any case, don't be afraid. Even when the experience makes you afraid, try not to fear the fear itself. And always remember that connection with a person that you trust is the most important step. My humble advice to anyone who has a mental illness or a chronic mental health condition. First of all, notice that your mental illness doesn't make you a worthless or a bad person. Everybody has different problems, and this one is yours. Accept it, own it, and practice self-compassion. Second, inform yourself. Read about mental health and illness. There are so many sources on the internet. As we know, some of these sources can be misleading, but some are very reliable. So ask your health practitioners for reliable sources to inform and educate yourself. And third, get professional help. Believe me, it is so much easier when you are receiving professional help. There are so many ways for you to get the mental health care that you need. But in order to be able to find and receive the type of care that you need, you need to be informed and self-aware. Read and think about what you need and what you can expect from therapy or other types of treatment. A personal side note, one of the major reasons I seek mental health care is to prevent a flare-up or to have someone following me if a flare-up happens. There were times I decided to stay in therapy because having someone following my mental health state felt safer. And fourth, start disclosing it to people closest to you. Self-closure, self-disclosure closure, self regarding mental health issues is a highly contested subject. Who do we disclose ourselves to? To what extent? Where and in which context? endless questions. We touched upon some of these issues in episodes 2 and 3 of this podcast and personally I am pro-disclosure. One thing you can do is start disclosing your struggles to the people who have been most compassionate and understanding towards you. In short, get out of your own way and reach out. So who you gonna call? And now over to you. Was there a time in your life when you knew you were struggling and needed help regarding your mental health? Did you reach out and ask for help, professional or otherwise? Comment on the Facebook page of Mind Your Own Revisions. As always, you can find the references and links in the show notes in the podcast website. Also, please go to www.mindyourownrevisions.com to learn more about how I help fellow academics to maintain mental and emotional well-being and sign up for my fortnightly newsletter to receive more resources. Talk to you soon. I hope you enjoyed listening. If you did, please start following Mind Your Own Revisions on Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your academic friends about this podcast. What are your thoughts about today's topic? I would love to hear from you. Until next time, bye!